Welcome back, guys. This is Lou Boys SC. You're with Will and Andrew, and we're uh, we're here to talk to you guys a little bit about who we're gonna have next. Who is it, Will? Who's our next interviewer? <laughs> well, we had the pleasure of being joined by Kyle Morton, uh, St. Louis FC's former starting goalkeeper, taking the big leap to MLS. Right. Right. Big jump. We get to. We get to talk a little bit about him and uh, his journey from, you know, St. Louis FC to to the MLS with a great jump like that. He has a few things to talk about. Yep. So we hope you guys enjoy this conversation we had with Kyle Morton. How about we start with the big news about uh, jumping from the USL to MLS? You signed on with Houston Dynamo. Can you kind of tell us how that opportunity yeah, came about? Um... One of those things of just ending the season and trying to make the the jump up, and um, it's always tough with MLS because they their schedule starts differently from ours, and and their free agency starts at a different time than USL, so the the timing issues sometimes come into play. And um, wasn't getting too many uh, too much interest, and then I just kind of was like, you know what, I'm just going to start messaging these different goalkeeper coaches on Instagram, and um, one thing led to the other with with Houston's goalkeeper coach and. Um, just messaged him asking for an opportunity and, and the ball just started to roll and um, it just everything kind of worked out and, and got the contract and put pen to paper and, and here I am. So um, a little bit crazy, but at the same time, it's just one of those things where you just try to try to find a job, you know, and, and that's kind of what happened. That is that's a little awesome. surprising yeah. to hear though. Crazy. It's a little surprising for us to hear because I don't know, maybe it's just in our eyes. You've been one of the higher profile goalies, especially amongst those in the USL. Yeah, I, I think it's just tough, especially this year with the whole everything was getting pushed back. There wasn't too much interest at the beginning, uh, even from USL, just because everything was delayed. But um, right when I was getting interest from Houston, there was a couple other MLS teams that started to call around. But um, I think it was a bit of both. Of It's tough to go from USL to MLS because the coaches don't really – um, pay too much attention and maybe know your name but haven't watched you play. Um, but I think it was a little bit of the, the scheduling and, and things just getting pushed back. But, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to me, too, just the fact that there are so many good players in USL that don't get an opportunity because MLS coaches don't watch them, you know. Um, but I think it's just one of those things. Right. I mean, you have a limited amount of resources to look out for players as well. So, mm-hmm. But they'll have two USL guys next year. You'll be uh... – Teammates with yeah, Tyler Pasher. Yeah. So crazy pretty, down. Yeah, cool. just walking in and just saying hi to him. It was just funny. Like, congratulations. Like, oh, congratulations to you too. But seems like a nice guy and uh, he's a good player too. What What was the move like? Did they, did you, when you got the pen to paper and everything and moved down to Houston, did you go straight into training or has it kind of been a, an off season for you? Because um, they start in April, right? Yeah, I think our, I think it's like April 17th. They keep pushing it back, but um, we probably have 20, 22 guys that are down here now. I've been down here for since January 25th, somewhere in that area. Um, so we've all been training for about a month now and just kind of getting up to speed with everything. So um, it's been nice because I'm not sitting at home and relaxing. So you're getting to train and, and work out here. But um, I think some teams haven't even gone into – into the facilities yet, but with Texas being a little bit more lenient with the restrictions, uh, we're able to start a little bit sooner. That's awesome. Um, So there's one thing that's kind of been in my mind for a bit, right? So a few of us traveled to one of your games in Louisville, and 
were mm-hmm. watching you guys warm up, and it seemed like something happened during the warm ups. Uh, like you might have dislocated a finger. I don't know if it was worse than that. Um, do Do you remember that scenario at all? Yeah, um, yeah, I, I definitely do. And uh, it was it just kind of caught my finger funny, some bouncing ball. I don't know if I just misjudged it, but yeah, it did pop my finger out and. Um, immediately when it happened, I knew something was wrong. Uh, so I went over to Jake, the trainer, and was like, Jake, something's wrong with the finger. He looked at it, and he was like, yeah, it's broken. Um, so right then and there, I was like, oh, I'm going to be out for the rest of the season, which is disappointing, and then went over to Louisville's doctor, and he was just like, oh, no, we can just pop it in real quick, and um, was able to just tape it up, and the adrenaline was pumping enough to where you, you can kind of just go and, and not really think about it. So the next day was sore, but at the same time, it's it's always good to play, even if even if it's just a little finger. Um, but yeah, it did dislocate, but luckily there's nothing broken. Wow. Okay. Because uh, I, I mean, we 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 saw some of the things happen. We, we kind of paid a little closer attention to what was going on, but of course, we don't have any of the info in that moment. We could tell that you know mm-hmm. you were mad, you were a little yeah. affected, but we went back up to the stands, not expecting to see you starting. And then there you are in the game. So, I mean, can you tell us a little bit about that mentality? Is that just you through and through? Is is that most athletes, do you think most guys would do the same thing? Or was there something about that game that really made you feel like you needed to be out there? I think it's a, a combination of just everything. And um, I think when, especially when we get to the professional level, um, just giving if you have a chance to play you have to play because if somebody steps in and does well then you have an opportunity to lose your place and um that was definitely on my mind and just the fact that if the doctor tells me it's okay to play and I'm not in too much pain and you might you know what I mean like I might as well just go out there and and give my best and um with the finger I know it wasn't going to give me too much issue as long as I was able to catch and um do all that other stuff so um yeah just a bit of combination of everything and um, playing Louisville at Louisville is a great stadium, and, and that was one of the things. And I think it was a big game at that point. I can't remember the, the exact time frame of it, but I think every game was a big game in that division. But, um, yeah, just a combination of everything. Yeah, it, it, it was an important game, definitely. Um, it, it seems like uh, – I mean, you had John Berner who was playing behind you, and I know it's always kind of a competition mm-hmm. amongst uh, – goalkeepers of, of who's going to get the start but it seemed like especially at the time they wanted you playing against Louisville every time that that we we were facing them yeah but I I mean JB is such a good goalkeeper and that's kind of the one of the things of I don't want to not play and, and give him an opportunity because I think he could have done such a good job that I would, I'd be nervous about losing my place you know um, and that's just complete credit to him and and how good of a goalkeeper he is and, and how much he was able to push me this year. Yeah, we were impressed by him as well. And, and I'm, I am really interested in that relationship because, uh, like you said, it's you, you don't want to lose your spot to somebody, but at the same time, there's that mutual respect. Um, mm-hmm. and, I mean, were there things that you guys were learning off of each other or kind of cueing off of each other? Yeah, I mean, I think we were we had a similar play style and maybe different techniques here and there. But I think um, when you're working with somebody, you're watching them every day, that you start to pick up little things that they can maybe do better than you, and um, you, you add them into your game. And especially with the whole uh, Corona stoppage and then coming back, and um, it would be me, him, and uh, Brian Jones, the goalkeeper coach, being allowed to work with each other for months. We weren't allowed to get shots from anybody else. So just um, being in that group setting and, and having similar personalities and um, kind of just being able to work through all the all the 
the timing issues and, and figuring out how to be a goalkeeper again after not playing for two months. Um, it was fantastic and, and couldn't have asked to be a part of a better group with those two guys. That's 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 even perfect to kind of like lead us into how um, the stop is affected you. Did it did it change your routine? Did you get into anything like maybe that you wouldn't have during the season because you had this awkward break in the middle? Uh, not so much. It definitely was. It was definitely tough because you're used to playing every day and going to practice every day. So um, when you don't know when the new start date or if you were going to have a season, it was tough to be motivated to work out. Um, so instead of maybe working out three, four times, I was maybe just working out once or twice because you don't want to overload yourself and, and mentally drain yourself of expecting you to play in, in a couple weeks. And um, did a lot of golf, did a lot of just kind of walking around some tennis, um, just stuff to like even video games, just keeping your mind off of the situation. And, and if you're going to be able to play that year, um, it was tough, but at the same time, it was, there's a couple guys in the apartment complex that we stayed at that we were able to play board games and stuff with and just kind of continue on life, you know, instead of having to worry about soccer. But, yeah, it was tough, and um, I think everybody was affected by it differently, but um, everybody got through it in the end. Yeah, we we heard from Jeremy a few times about your guys' Catan board yeah. game. Yeah, oh, yeah. It got intense. Yeah. <laughs> He he mentioned some of your talent there. Uh, I would call myself the OG at the table, but uh, I never no. got a win. <laughs> you, you, never get a, you never get a win when everybody's scheming against you, but that just happens. It was all it was all in good fun. It it, it says something by itself to be the target. Exactly yeah. right. You're You've already won. <laughs> you you won by disrupting everything else. Exactly. That's exactly. You were the ultimate setup man. <laughs> so well, as far no. as like what you're bringing to the table in Houston and, and what you've shown us in, here in St. Louis and even in Pittsburgh before that, um, you, you were talking about different strengths amongst goalkeepers. Which aspect of your game do you feel like is your greatest strength? Ooh, um, it's tough. I think um, maybe just like a presence in the box of cutting out opportunities before they come and, and crosses and um, just that kind of dealing with situations where I'm stopping things before they become a shot, I think is probably my greatest strength and one of the things that kind of gets overlooked um, just because if the if they don't get a shot off, they don't have a chance to score. Um, I think that's a big part of my game, but um, yeah, it's tough. I think I think I'm improving in every area, and I think I have room to improve in every area. But I think I would just the presence in the box and communicating are probably my my two biggest strengths, if I would have to say. Is there could. anything that you're kind of zeroing in on for next season? And I, I know you said you have multiple things to improve on. Is there anything you're really like laser focused on improving for next season? Um, more of just a general focus. I'm definitely in the weight room with with being in MLS now they have the whole weight room and individualized programs where you have a, spe a specific workout for goalkeepers and stuff like that. So um, having that for the first time is definitely one of those things where I'm putting a lot of effort in and um, seeing if they can kind of take my game to the next level. Um, and the game's a little bit faster too. So just being a little bit more powerful and, and springy. And um, I think that's a big, not, I'm not zeroing in on it, but definitely, kind of being a little bit more uh, like it's kind of opened your awareness to certain elements off the field that, that contribute to your game. 
Yeah, definitely. You don't you don't have we had a great strength coach in St. Louis, but it was more of a um like we all get in and kind of do the same right. workout instead of having your own right. specific workout that's going to improve your gotcha. game. Uh, it seems like in like in St. Louis, you had some defenders that were great at defending in the air. It never seemed like uh, set mm-hmm. pieces were much of a problem for us. Um, but I always mm-hmm. saw that as a, a testament to your presence in the air as well on set pieces. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. And yeah, I mean, you had Sam Fink, Toby, um, Fanuel. Like, there wasn't... There wasn't many – you saw it, but the indie game when we were down two men, and um, even though we Sam got sent off, we still had – even Danny Fisher came on, and they really couldn't get a sniff at goal because of our presence in the air and just a combination of everybody's work ethic in the back line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ho- hopefully uh, you get some similar defense in Houston, right? It's always nice to take out that piece <laughs> exactly. of uh, the opponent's ar- arsenal. Exactly. Have you had much – communication with coaches if uh it'll be an open competition between you and Marich um for the starting really. spot and he he had a good season last year and um it's not one of those things where I'm going to go in and be like why am I not playing or should I be playing it's just kind of one of those things where I'm going to put my head down and, and go to work and um kind of prove myself and, and see what happens and have expectations for myself but I know at the same time as a goalkeeper it's like a quarterback you got to be patient and um, see where the season takes you. So um haven't had any conversations, but we'll see what that, happens. That's even like a perfect mindset because even if you, even if Houston's not your spot, you've opened up a door with the MLS of where like somebody's going to see the talent you have. Like we've seen articles about you on being the next top talent to make it to the MLS. And, you know, there's a lot of people that out here that think that you have, have that potential. Yeah. I, I appreciate all those articles and, um, they're all good in writing, but I think at the at the same time you got to prove yourself and um, prove yourself to the next level. And like you said, once you get your kind of foot in the door at the MLS and you're able to kind of move around and, and you have more connections, so we'll see what happens. Um, so speaking to some of the other St. Louis players as well, it really feels like you guys did something special this past season. Um, c- can you speak to that at all? Did it feel like there was a different energy with this team, uh, or was it kind of business as usual and just funny things happened? No, I, I definitely think it was kind of a special season and um, kind of even before the season started, we kind of had an idea that there was a possibility of it folding at the end of the year and um, going there on a one-year contract, that kind of gives you a hint that if they're not going to give you a two-year deal, um, something's up. And I think going into the season after the restart, or actually even with Miami when we won 4-1, mm-hmm. I think it was, and it was like, wow, this group has something and um, the leadership with Fan and Sam and Kyle Gregg and couple of the other guys was something I haven't experienced and then um, with the restart and kind of we're struggling at the beginning even though we beat Indy in one of the first two games um, and Louisville actually but uh, I remember a couple of the Swoop Park games that um, we I think we drew a couple at the last minute and we're, we're coming back in the locker room after the the news broke and was like you know what like we have to make a name for ourselves here none of us are going to be employed if we're missing the playoffs or not having a good season so um, I think there was definitely a turning point in one of those games where um, everybody kind of buckled up and, and kind of put their head down and knew that we were going to have to make something happen, and um, and we were able to. It was definitely something special. Even though it didn't feel like there weren't many 
fans around there, I can tell you, it definitely got loud there towards the end of that run. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, just even just the amount of support with the messages and the videos and stuff, you can you were you were able to like just feel that there's a lot of people supporting you and um definitely definitely put a little bit more nerves and pressure on it, but I think at the same time we all kind of embrace it and um Well, well, well it seems like being a keeper is like already one of the most mental uh, like mentally challenging positions on the field, right? To have other things layered on top of that is is yeah. a lot to take in. Yeah. Did did you yeah, did you feel like time. it was difficult to kind of get yourself mentally prepared or geared up for that game, or was it was your pregame ritual kind of the same as it was as if the stadium was packed? Yeah, it was, I I just try to kind of keep everything the same, and um, even going into the bigger games, we had to we had to get a point in in Indy when we when we had two men sent off and um, different games like even the Indy game at the last game of the regular season just. Um, when you start to change your routine and just because it's a big game and then, then that's when things start to happen and you get into trouble. So um, just kind of preparing the same way and um, kind of just maneuvering and knowing that it is a game at the end of the day to go out and enjoy it and then see what happens. Yeah. Exactly, One of the exactly cool things happened. for me to experience is that you don't have as much like noise from the crowd during the game. So it was really cool how we could hear the players so much more, right? <laughs> and and amongst oh, yeah. those players, I know the keepers are kind of trained to be vocal, but you're a particularly vocal player, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and I think, yeah, I mean, I think that especially with the fans and knowing that I was able to, to chat to the ref and he was going to be able to hear me, I think had a little bit of a factor of how, how loud I was, but um, I definitely do communicate pretty loud and then I'm not going to change the volume based on if the right. fans or not. And, um, I think communication is such a big key with defense and uh, got to be loud. And, and yeah, sure not just talking to, the, to the, the ref, but yeah, talking to your teammates and, and sometimes your opponents maybe. Yeah. That's the best part bit, though, yeah. you know. Here and there. I loved it Here when Kyle was getting at him a little bit. <laughs> you know, that's, I mean, he that's never... the fun part of the game. I, I mean, he never got a card, so that means he did it right. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're gonna kind of throw out some more fun questions, some more rapid fire stuff. Unless there was anything you wanted to kind of talk about as far as last season or this upcoming season. I mean, just yeah. I mean, how awesome it was. But you guys, yeah, you guys know how. Oh, awesome definitely. It was. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we keep on kind of going back to some of those key moments, and if there was ever going to be a send off season, that was a fantastic one to have. Um, we talked mm -hmm. a little yeah. bit about what you did during the pause in the season. Um, did you have any particular go-to activity that was different, though? Golf is, yeah. We were getting out golfing two or three times a week. And did was, your game that improve? That was the key thing. Uh, I mean, my putting was so, is so bad. I can strike the ball well, but the putting See, is See, so you and I just need to play ball. on a scramble because I'm awful at everything but putting, so... <laughs> um what what will what will you not miss about St. Louis? I know you've traveled around a little bit and and you won't hurt any feelings here. What would I not miss? Uh I mean it was cold for the first couple months and it was snow. I felt like it would snow every maybe one or two days. You get a, a little bit of a dusting. Um even in Philadelphia you'd get a little bit. You get like maybe a, a day here and then have a week off. I felt like in the beginning St. Louis was cold. Like especially being outside in the cold was it was tough. But 
that I mean, that's the only negative I can really think of. So yeah, that is. Gotta be a <laughs> I think good that thing. says something. Uh, um, wh- when did you know that you had the potential to be at, like a professional soccer player? Like, was there any key pivotal point where you're like, oh yeah, th- this is my career? Um, yeah, it's tough. Maybe in college, I didn't really know. I remember being a junior or sophomore in, in high school and email my coach like where do you think I, I can play division one two or three and um, not really having an idea and then getting recruited for a couple d1 schools that weren't major um, never really made me think like oh professional it's always a dream but I think when I started to play my freshman year and in my sophomore year I was able to make an impact I think you know what like I think I do have a little bit of a of an upside that I can that I could play professionally and I think probably my freshman or sophomore year I, I started to have that belief that I mm-hmm. could I could make it you're a guy with good hair, um, but who would you say had the best hair on the team last year? Uh, I like John Burners when he was when it was long <laughs> when he had the slick back. I thought it was fantastic, but he said it got too hot in the summer months. So he, he had to buzz it off, but that was some great. To, hair. to follow that, who would you say you had like one of the best off the field relationships with, player wise? Who'd you connect with on a level um, that you know was off of soccer? Yeah, I was. I mean, Toby Ottawale was my roommate and playing with him in St. Louis or in in Pittsburgh, but not living with him and kind of just seeing him in the locker room and getting to know him. And then um, living with him in St. Louis is I got to know him him even more, and um, that was definitely a uh, a friendship that definitely blossomed and um, a good kid too. So I would definitely say okay. him. We love nice. Toby. We love. And Tyler Blackwood. Tyler Blackwood was one of those where I didn't think I was going to have a such a strong relationship with but then just over time just kind of played golf more and more and did different things off the field and, and definitely had a strong uh he seems strong like such a unique with. character too it's kind of love kyle yeah he's uh <laughs> he is a character yeah he's a character uh who's your favorite player of all time i don't really have one to be honest there with we you. go I myself that there we go <laughs> I, don't really, I don't really have a favorite favorite Michael Jordan is probably my favorite athlete, but uh, I don't have a favorite soccer player. Just kind of just my favorite keeper outside of Howard's got to be Gigi Buffon. Still doing it. I know it's amazing. Forty-three, it's amazing. Uh, Are there any other keepers you kind of model your game after? Um, Yeah, I definitely take bits and pieces from from them, but uh, like I don't even know if you know him, but Peter Galoshki, yeah, yeah, uh, the Red Bull. Uh, goalkeeper over in Germany. Uh, definitely have a similar play style to him, and um, yeah, I, I definitely take bits and pieces like Nick Pope at Burnley. Uh, I watch a lot of a lot. I watch a lot of goalkeepers, but um, yeah, those are maybe a couple that I kind of I not try to get my game like, but definitely play towards that style. So yeah, those were maybe the two guys that, even though they're a little bit off the off the radar for most people, it's okay. Do you, uh, at, do you yeah. have um, any pre-game superstitions or things you have to do? No, zero superstitions because I'm on, I'm under the belief that if you have a superstition and your superstition gets thrown off of that game, then you're not going to play well. So uh, I completely do away with superstitions and pre-game like rituals. So, it's uh, like you giving yourself a kryptonite. It. Yeah. Like you feel like a superhero until exactly. it shows up. Yeah. That's how I view it. Okay, that's exactly. that's a great way of looking at it. I haven't even thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. 
That's the mental side yeah. of, of sports. But do you have a song that you kind of listen to to get yourself pumped up for? It really all depends. Uh, I'll go through phases. I would say my one of the one songs I would listen to is uh, Nice For What by Drake. That's one of the songs that will start okay. start to get me going. But uh, no specific song and besides maybe that one. I kind of go in, in different genres as well. A little bit of punk rock here and there. There you go, son. Um, but yeah. um okay so this is one we've we've asked a couple times if you weren't a pro soccer player what would you be doing it's like you don't even want to think about it Um, right yeah i put all my eggs in one basket um because i think you have to at a professional level but uh, maybe my mom's a flight attendant so seeing her travel maybe be a pilot or a flight attendant i don't know i like I just, yeah, yeah I don't think cool about it career, too much. You know, see the world. Yeah, get around the world, yep. Now, oh, we've kind of been easy. asking everybody this, and it, it's it's a big St. Louis thing. What is your favorite restaurant you tried while in St. Louis? My favorite restaurant. And it was tough because of the corona that you couldn't really get to see many of the places um, and get to experience the things. But being in Baldwin – my favorite place for sure was the Circle Seven. Oh yeah, I don't know if you guys have tried it. Yeah, there's yeah. just something about that place that I was consistently there. But uh, yeah, definitely. That's a good call. Yeah. Seven Ranch. Or Rosalita's. I enjoyed Rosalita's mm. a lot too. They just they just place. put a Circle Seven here in mm-hmm. uh, Kirkwood slash De Pere. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of that's oh, yeah. a good go to. You gotta get out. I love that place. Yeah. Well, I mean. Again, we really appreciate your time tonight. We know it's hard. you got a lot of things that you're juggling already. Um, we're right on board with you about how special this past year was. And it's it's bittersweet, but at the same time, we have so many players whose career we, we get to watch now. So the next time your Houston mm-hmm. Dynamo rolls through one of the cities around here, I mean, we're going to be the first ones lining up to see you, which is the cool part. Yeah, I appreciate it. And I know I've seen the support from you guys on Twitter and, and all the nice messages you guys have given me. So I, I've always appreciated it. And Is there anything you want to say to your, your St. Louis fans that you've uh, cultivated over this past season? Yeah, just how special it was and, and all the really nice messages. And um, just it was always nice to play well. And then you get to see all these guys just watching the game and um, giving the support and, and all the nice messages afterwards. It was really special. And um, something I always cherished, and even though it was only a year, I felt like I was definitely part of the uh, the St. Louis. And now you and, always will be. So fantastic. there you go. Yeah, forever a St. Louis, and now. Yeah. Well, man, we, <laughs> thank yeah. you again, Kyle. Yeah, we, we love having you. It. So, Andrew, what are your thoughts on uh, the conversation with Kyle? What are your takeaways? I mean, it was a it was a good conversation. I, I enjoyed talking to him. It was it was he said a lot of interesting things. One of the things that really took me back was his kind of feelings towards scouting in all the different leagues between you know the USL League One, Two, and even the MLS. Yeah, it's it's interesting that MLS teams don't give the USL more attention because I mean it's not that big a jump. I think quality's pretty pretty close and you're getting these guys for 
I mean, you're not having to pay large transfer fees to bring these guys in. And uh, even on top of that, like some of these championship leagues have affiliates, don't they? Like Mm -hmm. some of the teams in the league have teams that they're kind of holding on to players. You know, the Red Bulls do a really great job. We saw that in our buddy Tommy Barlow. He went from their USL team up to now he, I mean, he makes starts regularly for the Red Bulls on their MLS team. So I think there's some teams out there that do it well, but I definitely can tell that there's a lack of it just simply by the amount of talent we've seen these past few years with the USL and them still not being able to make that jump. You know, Mm -hmm. we're seeing that with some of the guys here from St. Louis FC. You think Tomas Gomez would be in the league already. You think about, Maybe possibly Toby Morton's roommate having an op- opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully they start to take it more seriously now that a few guys seem to be making the jump every year. Hopefully uh, things change. I couldn't agree more, but that, 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 what about Kyle's intensity about Catan? it it just it goes perfectly with his soccer mentality you know we he he was kind of a little quiet on the pod but once you once you brought up Catan it came it came out full-fledged that's that's the Kyle I knew yeah he's definitely could tell he's got that competitive fire when it comes to all things seems like he took Catan seriously and he also takes his golf game pretty seriously Yeah. yeah I love it Hello. He he was a great guy to get to know, and it, it's it's unfortunate that we didn't get to have him longer in St. Louis. But I'm I'm excited to be a Houston Dynamo fan now. Oh yeah, I look forward to him uh, competing for that starting spot next year. Oh yes, see a few more. Well, starts. guys, that's Lou Boys SC. That's another interview in the books. Yeah, please don't forget to uh, subscribe, rate, and review the pod on. Uh, your podcast network of choice. Yes. And go follow us on social media. Lou boys SC.